AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dottie Herman, and you're listening to Ion Real Estate. We're the only show on talk radio. It's going on 10 years already. How time flies. And we're all about real estate and everything that has to do with real estate, which is just about everything. Even the virus affects real estate. So real estate is affected by everyone, and there isn't anyone who doesn't want to know about it. I mean, I, I sometimes, when I'm out, I have to say, call it enough because everybody wants to know about real estate. I'm happy to introduce the Senior Vice President of Citizens Bank, Ace Lotus Park. Hi, Ace. Hi, Dottie. Good morning. Good morning on this nice, sunny day. We've had a hot summer, but I'm not complaining. I like the sun. Um, There's been an incredible onslaught of mortgage applications for refinances and home equity loans right now because rates are at historic lows. So I can promise you that you can't find anyone more knowledgeable about getting a home loan than ACE. So if you have any questions about refinancing or if you're in the market and buying a home, um, just give us a call because there is no one better. You will get ACE or one of the advisors. You can call us at 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Of course, I'd like to thank Citizens Bank, which works with Douglas Elliman as preferred lender. Citizens is one of the nation's oldest and largest institutions, and we thank them for their support. They also support their customers by providing an integrated experience that includes mobile and online banking and a 24-7 customer contact center. So you could call them at any time, get in touch with them any time of the day or night. You can easily find more information at citizensbank.com. At citizensbank.com. Citizens has opened up a COVID-19 resource center, and they want you to know that they're there for you. They understand the tremendous amount of financial and personal stress the COVID-19 crisis has caused everyone. So if you need relief or you have any concerns or any questions, anything about your financial situation, please contact them. Helpful services and resources include economic impact payments, stimulus payments, financial hardship payments assistance, online and mobile banking, so you never have to leave your home. And believe me, when you give them a call, you'll find that they really talk and you'll feel very, very, very comfortable talking to them. Also with us today is our regular co-host, also Stephen Ebert, and Stephen is a partner in Barton LLP, one of the top law firms in the city, which specializes in real estate. And again, I've only picked the best. If there's anybody, there's no one better. Um, if you need anything about real estate, Stephen and Bar- you know, and, and, and Barton is a just wonderful, wonderful specialization. And I always tell people, don't use your son-in-law, who's a divorce attorney, to try to do something in real estate. Go to the best and go to someone who specializes. 
How are you doing? Good morning, Steve? Daddy. Good morning, Ace. Good to, good good to morning, see Steven. you. Good morning, Stephen. And Stephen is one of the best, Daddy. I know that. I know Thank that. You. He's so knowledgeable. And by the way, you can follow us all um, on our Facebook page, uh, which is Ion Real Estate. And we have direct links to everybody's site. So if you have any questions and you can't call in or you're at the beach and you can't hear at the moment, then you just just send us a, a message and one of us will get back to you. Today is July 25th, and it's the 206th day of the year in the Georgian calendar. And um, I'm not sure what that has to do with today, but for whatever it's worth, and maybe it's a trivia question, which I'm not great at, uh, in this day in history, the 1953 New York City Transit Fair raised its prices, believe it or not, from $0.10 cents to $0.15. Cents. And it was the first time that they used subway tokens, and that was in 1953. Uh, in 1966, Brian Jones, it was his final performance, for those of us who remember the Rolling Stones. Uh, one of my favorite bands back when. And I think they're still around, right? I mean, he's, uh, Mick is still singing. I mean, they're like, there was nobody like those guys. Uh, 207, uh, in 1984, Cosmetan, if I can say his name right, which I can't, Savitana Saviska became the first woman to walk in space. And of course, if it's your birthday today, you should share. A special day with Estelle Getty, which is an American actress. Um, Catherine Kelly Lang, also an actress. And I'm not going to bother saying his name because I can't say it, but a famous um, Saudi businessman. I don't know. I haven't had this. I don't know if you have Steve or Ace. I remember having when I was a little kid. I haven't had a hot fudge Sunday. I don't know, for how many years. But today, I don't know who makes these days, but... For whatever it's worth, today is National Hot Fudge Sunday Day. Um, the hot fudge Sundays have dominated the ice cream landscape for decades now, and on July 25th, we celebrate and raise your spoons for National Hot Fudge Sunday Day. Unfortunately, I can't eat them anymore. I don't really see people eat, have them that as much, but maybe I'm wrong. So. If you have if you if you have something nothing to do after the beach or you want to get together, you can have a hot fudge Sunday party, or make if you don't have it, make sure your kids have one. I'm sure some of them don't even know what it is. We love you. We love all our listeners and our audience at I in Real Estate, and we want to keep on telling you to wear your mask and please stay safe. You know, I was in the city this week and. Um, I did a lot of work on this show last night, and I was kind of reading so many different articles on predictions, on different, you know, what's going to be popular, what places you want to live in. Um, and I have to tell you, just like if you watch the news and you just watch if you flip the stations, you'll find something different on every station. Everyone contradicts everyone. Well, that's the same thing I found. So... We're going to go through some things today, but I want to keep in mind, and I want to really pose this question to Steve, to Ace, to all of our audience. We're in a time that there are so many uncertainties. So really hard to predict anything specifically because we don't know the outcome. We don't know the outcome of the virus. We don't know if we're going to have a second strain. So 
as I went through all people's predictions, and I would have to say that everything really depends on really what happens going forward. How quickly we recover depends on how quickly we find the vaccine or that we get those numbers down on our virus. Uh, I'm hoping that some of this uh, stuff that we're seeing going on in big cities starts to diminish. Again, will that affect big cities? Will that affect where people, where people want to live? The fact that we're all we're all doing business on Zoom over the phones, um, and we're not going to the offices as much. Is that be a trend that lasts, and will that affect real estate, and will that allow people to work further from their home? Um, I don't, you know, so what I really want to talk in everything we talk about, I want to keep in mind, when you're making major decisions, it's a real tough time to make them. At least I think so, because... There's so many variables. Now, there's always variables in life, and there's always something that you never anticipated that just happens and throws your plans off. But I, w- I want us, you know, we're, we're all going to try to talk to you about what's going on and how different variables will change the outcome. Because when you're reading and you're listening to all this stuff, remember something, a little tweak that something changes could change the outcome completely. Now, if you've been reading, I mean, well, again, depending on what you listen to, because I don't think that they really spend much time on real estate much, because I think everything's about the virus but and politics. But Manhattan really started to slowly tick back up. You know, they're slowly ticking back up. We had 155 contracts signed last week. Now, the market is still off 15% from the same time last year. But that's really not too bad, considering all that's going on. We had weeks of depressed activity, but transactions in Manhattan more than doubled in the week ending July 19th. Um, so from, from so that's not bad. The number of new homes that hit the market doubled year over year to 554, and um, we uh, we we we. Uh, really reached the peak. I have workers at my home, and they're coming in. So um, I'm sorry about that, but, you know, this is where I am at. People just walk in your house. Um, But when the market was shut down, buyers couldn't see units. There were hardly any activity at all. Walk-ups, adding to that, because obviously when you have walk-ups, you have elevators, the, the germs, you know, we didn't know how they could be spread. You also had the fact that many of the buildings in the city, at least in New York City, which was the hardest hit initially, uh, didn't allow visitors up. So we really started showing properties around the end of June. So I think that that's, those are good, really, numbers. Um, by the way, when you hear, just so you know the difference, if you hear that a contract is signed, that means that somebody actually signed the contract, put a down payment down in most cases, and is waiting to close. Okay, so that does, but the actual transaction, as far as recorded, doesn't get recorded until it actually closes. So signed contracts are better numbers to really see what's going on currently, because when you look at closed contracts, 
would close deals, that's usually about three to four months after the sale. Wouldn't you agree, uh, Steve? Yeah, I mean, what's going to happen is, you know, signed contracts are exactly the leading indicator. And also keep in mind that it depends on the kind of uh, contract it is, right? I mean, is it a contract for new construction? Is it a con that might take longer to build uh, versus a contract where someone wants to close quickly? I mean, we had a very interesting situation. We had a closing yesterday. It was an all-cash uh, condo buyer. And we went into contract eight days ago, and we literally immediately ordered title, and we were able to close it yesterday in one week from contract to closing. Wow. So that, that, that's going to go down probably as a record. I mean, everything has yeah. to move super fast, um, and, and that's unusual, um, to put it mildly. But then we have some transactions. We had another one that closed that afternoon. That went into contract in February and closed the same day as the contract that went into place the week before. How, how did you get that to happen? Because what do you would you say an average is about four months by the time something goes to contract and closes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it. I would say you need generally at least you know sixty days, and it depends on if there is financing, if there are technical problems in title, if there is. Um, construction issues, if there's board approvals, right? And part of the frustration that some clients have, and understandably, is that there is an element that's outside of their control. And being able to, in advance, you know, set the expectations, see the scenery, and, and then plan accordingly, um, you know, that, that's really important. Like the, the case of the one that closed in the afternoon, not the one in the morning, that we went to contract in February, um, the client purchased from a contractor um, that was doing a substantial renovation, and there were some delays due to the building department. But we that's put in really some provisions. Record. I'm sorry? That, that's really record time. I mean, that's congratulations. And so, like I said, if you really need something to get done, if you go to Steve or his law firm, if there's anybody that can get it done, it's them. Where there's a will, there's a way. So congrats. And by the way, the, you know, the luxury market in Manhattan, um, 12 luxury homes priced, I'm talking about anything in Manhattan that I would say is over 4 or $5 million is considered luxury, uh, went into contract last week. So four, 12 properties over $4 million went into contract last week. And... Uh, the same week last year, so if you took this last year at the same time, we had nine. And I, I don't really think, I think that's pretty good. The priciest home to find a buyer last week was a 25-foot wide former firehouse, which was downtown on Morton Street, that listed in, enlisted in September and was asking $21.8 The owner renovated the house over the course of three years, and he bought it for two oh two. I think he bought it in 2009 for $5 million. Uh, so I don't know how much his renovations cost, but he certainly made a profit, even with the virus. Um, the second priciest home to find a buyer last week was a four-bedroom condominium on the Upper West Side, asking just a little under $13 million. The price was reduced from $17.25 million when it was listed in 2018. The seller paid $15.95 and um, went to contract. We had one in East Hampton around Further Lane, which was with an undisclosed buyer, 
but it, I think it was on the market a year ago for $60 million. It went to contract in April, actually, for $45 million. And, you know, it was like, a, you know, it was um, maybe a 6,000-foot house with a guest house that I think was about 1,000 square feet or 1,500 square feet. And basically, not only that the man or the person, because I don't know who, you know, the seller was undisclosed, the buyer was undisclosed, besides that he got or she got a great deal because it was 60, now it's 45, the zoning, which I don't think anybody ever probably really checked, and that's where you really need a real estate attorney to do that for you. The zoning turned out to be that you could, if you tore that house down, you could build a 12,000-square-foot house and a 3,000-square-foot guest house. So at the end of the day, if you tore everything down, you could have property that you could build a mansion on. And, so, and, and so you know, Dottie, you bring you bring up shoot. a great point about zoning, where people just need to be very, very careful. In just it, and it goes both ways: what you're allowed to tear down or not tear down, and if you make get rid of certain improvements. And, and by this depends in the city or even in the suburbs. Are you allowed to rebuild what you had? Um, like for example, there are certain places in the city that have exceptions for garages or curb cuts where if you totally take down, you can't quite put back. So it's a great point. There's an opportunity for somebody who has good foresight and good due diligence to see if you can take something and reposition it. And you just want to be careful. Can you position it better or are you kind of stuck with something less? Yeah. And, you know, zoning is always important to check, you know, what something is zoned for, you know, what can be built on it. Um, it's really important, and sometimes you and you know sometimes you'll have a lot of property, and when you look at the zoning, maybe you could really build another house on that, you know, and you could have two. So it's something to really check, and then if you check it, you could find some really. Sometimes you can find deals that really people don't realize because they don't realize that the zoning can be changed. And if it's and Stephen, if the zoning, if it's not zoned for you know what particular use you're looking for, sometimes you could you know call someone like Steve, and you can end up seeing if they can possibly get that zoning change. It's difficult, but I've seen it happen, correct? Yes, yeah, so, so what happens is the zoning designation is sort of what you have as what we call a matter of right. That's sort of the default, what you're allowed to do. You can get a one-off for your property called a variance, um, but then also what's happened too, and this is really interesting, is they've realized that zoning laws fall out of date. Right, and a great example, right, what's going on right now, not far from Soho, there's a district that they're talking about reworking where there was a lot of like light manufacturing and some warehouse space that they repurposed to residential, and it, it sort of stuck with some of these very old and, and out of date um, use categorizations. And, and that's exactly yeah, one of the things that I think we're having a break. Sure. Continue, and then we're going to give you outside of the city and then some predictions that we think or I think. Curious to see what you think the following year we'll get. We'll be right back. You're listening to I Real. Can the daily recommended servings of fruits and vegetables fit into just six capsules? Yes. 
We start by sourcing organically grown whole fruits and vegetables. We ensure they are picked at peak ripeness. All of our produce is third-party tested for pesticides, heavy metals, bad bacteria, and nutrients. They are then washed, cut, and put through an advanced vacuum cold process which removes the water using pressure. This maximizes the nutritional value while preserving the color, smell, and taste of the fruit or vegetable. The freeze-dried food is then ground into a fine powder without adding any additives, fillers, or extracts. These powdered foods are then mixed in our proprietary blends and encapsulated, locking out air and moisture. The capsules are then bottled and shipped directly to our customers. Balance of Nature is now offering 35% off on any new preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code THEANSWER. Balance of Nature, changing the world one life at a time. With Balance of Nature, if I start to feel like I'm getting anything, I double up on it and it's gone the next day. And I've never had that happen before. Every time I feel a little bit under the weather, I double up and bingo, I'm okay. It's really an awesome product. I haven't gotten a cold since I've been taking this. I haven't gotten a cold at all. I'm not much on feedback or anything like that, but this particular product is amazing. Since I've been taking it, I've been close to being sick. I mean, I could feel it, and all I had to do was double up on my daily dose, and it was gone in 30 minutes. It really is good stuff. It's the real deal. So you can pass that along. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code THEANSWER. In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust, at a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion, there is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream, who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. You won't just hear partisan spin. You'll hear directly from the newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. On the Cats Roundtable, you won't just hear about politics. You'll hear about science, business, education, animal rights, and any other topics that you're interested in. Catch the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning, starting at 8 on AM 970. The answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or radio.com. Have you ever wanted to learn a new language like French, Spanish, or Russian, but thought it would be too difficult and time-consuming? Then go to Babbel.com and try it for free. Babbel works because it's built around real life. It teaches you everyday practical conversations that you will actually use. In 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. Babbel uses a modern conversation-based technique that makes language engaging, fun, and memorable. It starts by teaching you words and phrases. Then, sentences gradually get more complex. Soon, you're practicing short conversations about real-life topics. Babbel is created by language experts who use the space repetition method to help you learn quickly and remember what you learned. With Babbel, you can speak a new language. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. 
It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. Hi, you're listening to I on Real Estate. We're in the middle of talking about what's going on in the metro area, New York City, the surroundings, zoning, and we've had some big contracts. We've had, you know, considering all that's going on and all the news we've we're slowly creeping back in Manhattan. Obviously, I've told you on the show already that all the suburban areas surrounding the cities um, are really pretty much booming. Um, but if we go back to March, which is when I think the, the initial, where well, we had the lockdown in, in the New York area, people really at that time rented. I think they were just looking for a temporary way to get out of the New York City because they wanted to feel safer and so they're renting. So now we're, we're going to determine, you know, we're going to see, you know, what's really people who are going to buy. And we're starting now. And we were not open. Real estate was not considered an essential business in this area. So we couldn't really do too much other than virtually. And so now you're really starting to see buyers come back. And so when we're talking about what we see going on after the lockdown, like now, and you see what people are looking for, um, probably the, the highest uh, the amount of people are looking for, you know, things that are under $2 million. Uh, larger, more expensive units have, you know, not jump-started the same way. So obviously you're seeing, you know, people coming to New York City that maybe were priced out of it at the entry-level market or maybe, um, and or, you know, people that are, maybe had rentals and think, hey, maybe now's a good time to buy. Uh, so that's you know, around a million, too. Uh, then you see, um, you know, things, people like you see in Connecticut go up, and, and some of the people that figure, I might not have to be commuting, and this is really going to make a difference. Um, I do, and it's just my thoughts. I guess Steve and Ace, I'll ask you, but I, I think we're going to we're going to be in a situation where this virus has caused people to work at home, and people have realized, hey, you know, we can do it. And if you poll people, most people say, well, you know, it's great to not have to go to work every day, but I also like the energy and the interaction and actually what you just learn from being around your colleagues at work. So I think it's going to end up, that's just my thoughts, some some mixed you know, version of it, where you, unless you have to be at work every day, where people will go to work some days and they'll work from their home some days. Is that what you think, Stephen Ace? That's kind of what I see. Yeah, Donnie, yeah. I, I think there's going to be, oh, sorry, Stephen. Go ahead. You go first, Ace. Go ahead. Uh, no, I, I definitely think there's going to be a shift in mindset, right? I think people are going to, um, and, and I think that's where the suburbs are actually really benefiting from this mindset, where people feel that they can, live a little f- further from wh- where they work and, you know, coming in maybe three, three days out of the week as opposed to five is definitely going to be not even a trend, but something that people will, will adapt and, and inherit, you know, um, you know, fortunately or unfortunately for the company, but I think, you know, that's the new norm. And I think that's something that's not a trend. It's probably here to stay, you know, so. Right. So what we're saying is this virus really, affected real estate in a way that now, because of a trend that we see that probably was in the makings anyway, it's just this virus kind of expedited a lot of things, you're going to see people 
who now say, well, you know what? I don't have to be at work every day. I don't have to commute every day. So I probably can live a a little further away from the city. And so then you'll see whether it's New York or San Francisco or L.A., you'll see um, suburbs that are right outside of the cities start to really build up. So, um, but I always say that, you know, uh, you know, that what happens in the city is always going to affect what goes around it. And today, mostly yeah. what's, what's selling right now that we see in a big way uh, are really the smaller units in the city, uh, like the studios and the one bedrooms. And of course, if they're priced under a million now, that seems like a lot of money anywhere else, but in the city, it's Still not, you know, you're not going to get fire sales in the city. Um, I can tell you that. You'll get better prices, but it's not like you're going to get them for nothing. Um, so I think that, you know, the the action is more in the lower price. I, I did give you some luxury uh, things that sold, but I would say most of it is in the lower price. But if you are um, thinking of selling, or don't don't sleep on it. Okay, because, you know, my thoughts, I don't think we've seen the end of unemployment, okay? I think, because I, you know, I was in the city, and I have to tell you, I, I uh, saw this thing on Facebook, and it was very sad. It was uh, something that somebody sent around, and it was said, like, it was from New York City. And it said something to the effect, like, please don't desert me now that I'm sick. I'm going to get better. I've stood by you. So please stick with me, you know, I'll get, we'll get through this. And I do think things, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get through it. I think it's going to be a while. But the city really hasn't recovered in the way that some of the suburbs have. You know, I've been in Connecticut, I've been on Long Island, I've been, and, you know, it's a very different feel. The city still feels desolate. There's not as much outside space to really have people. You're on a different phase. And so I think it's going to take a bit, but if, you know, but if you're in the market, okay, things move quickly, and uh, people are buying, uh, and if you're selling, it's a, a good time to put it out, and there's no way you can time this market ever perfectly. I mean, there's just no way. So uh, I think that, to me, and one day we'll do it, but there's no right or wrong. It's just a matter of opinion. I feel a lot safer with real estate than stocks. I've never, you know, and I know a lot of people are making money in the stock market these days. Uh, but I feel like it's a lot riskier because not only you have to know when to buy, you have to know when to get out. And I feel that if you buy in a solid place in an area that you think is a solid area or up and coming and you're willing to hold it and you're willing not to think that you're going to flip it in two seconds and make millions of dollars, I think over the long run real estate has proven to be a pretty good investment. So, I'm, I, you know, it's worked for me, and um, I believe in it. Plus, people need to live somewhere, and I think the home in this pandemic has even become more important. And they're predicting, you know, you know, lows and companies that do have home improvements and things of that nature have really gone off the wall because people are home now. They have the time. They're looking at their homes. Some people are saying, hey, this home is too small. I, I, I really need outdoor space in the city is becoming, I mean, it was always at a premium, but now if you have terraces and things of that nature, forget about it. Townhouses, 
which, if I'm not mistaken, I think were about only 2 or 3% of the homes in New York City. But townhouses now, you know, which were kind of slower moving, are really back in, in vogue because, you know, obviously you don't have to go on elevators other than in your own property. So things change, but people are out there, and um, construction's ramping up. The, you know, builders, the you know, if you look at the big picture, the home building sector has marked a big turnaround. And from just a few months ago when construction activity dropped to the lowest level in five years, and, of course, I'm talking nationally, but congratulations, and I hope we stay this way. I don't want to say it too early. But, you know, the Northeast saw the biggest pickup activity by far, with housing starts rising 114%. And we certainly were an example on how to get this virus contained, and I hope that we all continue to do that. Uh, but if you look at the builders, they're building. So, you know, when you look at what people are betting on, and somebody goes, well, I think I asked this question. I said, maybe I asked you, Steve, or I asked Ace. I said, how come the stock market's doing so well when unemployment is, you know, at a high level? And they said, well, the stock market is what people are betting on for the future. Okay, and well, so well, I, I would even argue there's a couple, couple more things. You know, there's, there's a disconnect between, you know, and, and people colloquially say, you know, Wall Street versus Main Street. But let's take a look at a company like Tesla. An innovative company, you know, has had its share of bumps and bruises, um, but its stock increased tremendously this year. And, but let's also be honest, the price of most of their cars are not geared towards, you know, lower income. And so you can have sectors do very, very well, and you could still have employment issues abound. You know, one of the things that I think you're going to see in the near future is a restructuring of certain frontline type jobs. You know, Tyson Foods, which had some big outbreak of COVID amongst its employees, had traditionally, for manufacturers, in, in, in generally speaking, and in, in agriculture, had a very high number of employees per spot. And they're okay, looking at... We have a break. Can you finish that? Can you continue that, Steve, right after the break? Sure. And if you're on the line waiting for a call, we'll take them after. But... We have a break, so Steve is going to continue talking about the, the disparities and the difference with some stocks and why they're so high compared to uh, what's going on. We'll be right back. You're listening to Ion Real Estate. 866-970-9622. Planning for the future is important. Are you and your family protected? If you're not around to make the decisions, who will? Are your assets protected from probate and nursing home costs? The time to plan is now. Need a will, trust, power of attorney, health care proxy, living will, estate plan. The goal of Connors and Sullivan's attorneys is always the protection of your rights and interests. They've been helping people like you and me plan their estates and protect their families for 40 years. Talk with Mike Connors in a free, comprehensive telephone conversation consultation to see how he can help you protect your family, your assets, and your legacy. Have all your questions answered from the security of your home during these difficult times. The biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Now is not the time to put it off. Call Connors and Sullivan today to schedule a free telephone consultation with Mike Connors himself. 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or visit connorsandsullivan.com. 
If you're looking to wow your corporate guests, clients, or employees after this whole pandemic is over, plan an unforgettable event aboard the Atlantis. Fresh sea air, beautiful skyline views, a gourmet food and bar menu, first-class entertainment, immaculate facilities, plenty of space. What's not to love? Your guests are sure to be impressed and comfortable aboard the Atlantis Mega Yacht. The Atlantis is the yacht we take out each year for our big client cruise event. Captain Fred and the New York Cruises staff go above and beyond with every detail. Our clients love it. Go ahead and start planning your standout event now. Whether it's a corporate event, wedding, engagement party, retirement party, anniversary celebration, why wait? Call New York Cruises to schedule a private viewing of the Atlantis. 212-633-1231. Mention AM970, the answer for 10% off your booking. It's a special offer given the times. Consider booking now to save later. 212-633-1231 or visit NewYorkCruises.com. Hey, are you guys open? Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation, is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal, and families are getting out to shops, stores, and restaurants. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Business recovery plans should be ready to go right now. The marketing team at Salem Surround is ready to help, so you don't waste a minute or a dollar recapturing market share. We'll help design your recovery plan plan targeting potential customers with proven marketing strategies with everything in our toolkit working for you digital audio mobile even audience engaging contests and promotions contact salem surround for a free evaluation of your digital marketing plan learn more by logging on to surroundnewyork.com connecting you with new customers listen to am 970 the answer on alexa tune in iheart or radio.com O'Reilly. O'Reilly Auto Parts has everything you need for summer car maintenance. And our professional parts people can help you find the best oil change supplies for your car. Get five quarts of Valvoline Max Life Motor Oil and a MicroGuard filter for $28.99, plus a $7 gift card after mail-in rebate. For your summer oil change, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Take AM970 The Answer anywhere you go with our mobile app. Get in on iTunes, Google Play, or listen on TuneIn, iHeart, Alexa, or Radio.com. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. We're talking about what's going on in the city this uh, after this lockdown. Like you know, so what's 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 real estate going on? What trends are here to stay? Where are people moving? Um, what's selling? Obviously, the lower end is always going to sell first. So the lower end of the you know the, the lower end of New York City is selling quicker. The suburbs around New York City are on fire. Uh, people are looking for, in the housing market, people are, are looking for uh, bigger homes, new kitchens, home offices, access to the outdoors, uh, and that's easier to find in the suburbs. Uh, so, but, so, but if you do have, like, some outdoor space or windows, uh, it's really uh, key today. It's really going to really get you more money. As I said, smaller units are selling quicker. Uh, 
And the city, you know, even though, and we've done a good job with this virus and everything, but people are still nervous. And we, you know, with the people on the news and everything saying there's going to be a second wave. So people are cautious. And uh, I think that that's when you find good deals, when people are a little cautious and it's not as busy as it remains. Brooklyn still remains hot. Um, the retail and dining scenes are still there, uh, even though they're under pressure. There's a bit, there's you know there's more there's more places that have outdoor space there. Uh, you know, so are the Lower East Side, Tribeca, Washington Heights, Inwood, much of Harlem, and these neighbors remain these neighbors remain sort of because of their price and their affordability. Um, the Upper East and West Side with larger apartments are a little bit tougher. Um, because people with uncertainty, they're not sure. But if you know you're going to be in the city and if you relatively think that you have the money and you have some job security or some extra cash, it's a really good time uh, to look. Now, I don't know everyone's opinion. I could ask you, Steve and Ace. You know, I think also, you know, people say, when will people return to the city? Now, my guess is we haven't really found out about schools yet, although I tend to think the city schools might remain some, I think they're going to open just somehow. My daughter's a teacher, and I just get the feeling that they're just going to open, maybe not in the same way, or maybe they'll do a combination. Uh, and the private schools, we're not sure yet. Um, I know that Broadway's not coming back until January. Um, that also is going to depend on how quickly people come back. School, you know, if you have children and you put them, as I said last week, in a private school, um, which you know was a lot of money, or if they're in a public school, you're going to come back to schools. So it really depends because people are asking, are we going to have a sex and exodus? Uh, what's your feelings on that, Stephen and Ace? Curious. And please call us if you have any feelings on it. There's no one that you can't be wrong because nobody really knows. Okay, no matter what they say on the television or news. So there's no wrong answer. Just curious, what do you guys think? Well, I think first off, we should not make any plans based on a small sample size. And I think there's a few things going on. I think number one is you are going to see a softening a little bit in the rental market because rentals, which were initially busy, you don't make is a short-term decision. Right right now, there's a little bit of uncertainty. Is there a second wave? Which would be hit worse? And by the way, you know, keep in mind, while we had a big hit in the city initially, if you look closely at the data, you're going to find it was significantly more in certain pockets. It was, and this is important to keep in mind, it wasn't there we say, oh, a flat, even distribution percentage across New York City. Not at all. It varied a lot by borough and a lot by certain neighborhoods within boroughs. And so you saw flare-ups. And by the way, you're seeing the same thing happen. You know, you're talking about people congregating, and then it hits a group. And so right. that's very important. We're seeing even in some of the suburbs, for example, there were a couple of incidences where people went away and they came back with COVID, and then a group got exposed. And that can happen anywhere. The other thing I want to point out and why I, I think you're going to see some more rebalancing, and full disclosure, I grew up in Long Island, 
lived in Manhattan for a while, and now I live in Westchester. I've been in both markets, suburb and city, and I, I like both. You know, you know, but what it is is it's, it's preference changes, and people may make some temporary decisions, but they're not going to fundamentally change what they prefer. Do they want to live in a driving culture, outdoor space, yard maintenance, or, or not? I mean, those are personality changes that are not going to change overnight. So I think what you're going to see, and I think the data is playing out, you had people take seasonal rentals, short-term rentals, and not give up their residence or get a second home. And they say, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a short-term plan to ride out the issue, but I'm not going to be changing my long-term commitment. And the last point I really want to mention is we also need to look at regions, I feel. You know, it's important that you have the dynamism of a region. And while on the one hand we can do things by Zoom and do things remotely, the reality is it changes the interaction. When you're talking to people with a muffled mask, how you communicate, the way we communicate has been altered. Being remote changes how people work. And the reality is at this point in time, as a matter of psychology and technology, it is not a replacement technology. And what that means is that if you want to really continue to develop economically, if you want to have collaboration, if you want to train the next generation of leaders within a profession and moving up, you still need to have a region of talent and access and skill. And even though people may think about, oh, I can work remotely, the reality is there is a limit to that. You're borrowing off the prior investments that were made, and to make that sustainable, there needs to be a different model. That is not a sustainable model, in my opinion. That's a really good point. Ace, what what do you have to say about that? I mean, that's really a good point. Definitely. You know, I think there's a couple of different factors, right? I agree with Stephen. Um, If things stay status quo, I have heard of folks just making plans to stay out in the suburbs or second homes throughout the year, right? So I think 2020, it's baked in. They're already saying, okay, you know what, let's wait and see what happens. And, you know, similar to you, Dottie, similar to Steven, there's a couple of different factors, right? If schools start opening up, they may be forced to come back into, into the city. If things start opening up again, then people may be more attracted to go back into the city. Because right now, let's face it, nothing's going on in, in Manhattan, right? I was there. There was closed. nothing open. I mean, it was yeah, it was very fair. I mean, a lot of places just oh, didn't bother. Yeah. And they said, well, you know, and some of them are saying, since everyone's kind of away, the summer is generally slow in New York City anyway. Exactly. If exactly. they're going to open up, they weren't going to do it till September. Correct. Correct. So, well, so look, I, 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 I don't want to interrupt, but i got to slightly disagree. For some places, yes, but there are also plenty of places that made the investment to have outdoor seating, and I see it. And I agree that the crowds are below regular levels. That's 100% true. But also the opinion of deserted streets with tumbleweed rolling through the sidewalks. You know, I want to make sure people don't get that impression either. I don't think that, but living in the city so long, and I, I, get, I yeah. guess I was in last Sunday, I had to go to my dentist, and so I, it was just, you know, a breeze. I mean, it was great. There was no traffic, and because there's not much going on where I am anyway, downtown is really yeah. different. 
yeah. I, I just think it was very quiet, and I didn't yeah. see that many restaurants open. Oh, I, many of them were not opened, and some of them who I knew personally said they weren't going to bother till the September. Now, um, but what I'm saying is, and I think Ace just said it, a lot depends on school. Kids are not in school right now. So if you rented something or you went away, you don't have to come back because your kids are not in school. So we'll have to see what happens. If school does open, obviously many people are coming back. If it doesn't open until January or, you know, sometime in 21, then maybe people will stay away longer. I mean, I think there's too many invariables. I was just reading that this virus has even impacted how we spend money. And it says that um, in June, Visa reported that Americans' volume of spending on credit cards declined by 21% in May, okay? And um, their debit cards climbed 12%, but they're not spending. And they did some survey, and 40% of the people said that they will be, they're more mindful of their spending now. And 31% said they will buy less expensive products. And the lot said, I think it was like 74%, said they will try new brands for retailers given convenience. And you can take Amazon as an example. I mean, it was around before the virus, but I never really used it. Now I live by it. And now that, the, you know, let's say the virus is gone or goes gets down significantly, will I still use Amazon? Maybe not to the extent that I used it during the pandemic, but I'll still use it because now I got used to it. So I think there's so many uncertainties. And my question to both Ace and Steve, and really to our audience, I know I have some callers, is how do you make decisions with all these uncertainties? Well, you know, it's, it's some interesting data points. This is a classic economic theory of, of substitution. When there are some changes going on, people find alternatives Maybe they change some brands. And also, they start thinking some of their habits by saying, wait a minute, did I really need to spend on that name brand? Is there a product that's very, very comparable? And, and what you're going to see is not a decrease in the need, right? People still need to buy toothpaste and toilet paper and other consumer goods. Right. They may start switching up some brands. They may switch up on the ways in which they do it. And you're going to see some opportunities, and this is where the smart companies will try to get ahead of the curve and say, wait a minute, how can we reposition and make ourselves more amenable to consumers? And, and, and look, this, and this gets into also some interesting things going on, um, how people buy. The, are people increasing the use of apps over cash? I mean, it's an interesting thing going on. There's a shortage of just physical change going around the economy because people haven't been going around and moving it around in the same way. So you're seeing some banks saying, hey, I saw one bank advertise, if you drop off $100 in change, we'll give you $105 in bills. We'll pay you for your change. Oh, um, I didn't know that. So, yeah, there's wow. a bank in New Jersey advertising oh, you know, that. I have those jars filled up with coins. <laughs> time, time to time to put them in. You'll get you'll get paid for that. You'll get paid savings, and and probably better than the the one half of one percent you're getting on the the savings account. <laughs> you'll get a better deal. <laughs> That's funny. 
that's funny. And I often think when I do go to the store and I'm touching money, I mean, money is, you know, they don't really talk about it, but money obviously has germs on it. But, you know, and it, but it's interesting. Things are going to come up like, you know, and this is one of the personal concerns I have. You know, I don't want to go too far from a health, po- you know, into a health point of view, but you need to have some germs in your life, too. You know, if everybody sort of doesn't interact with another, one another, that, that sort of it, it builds you, it builds you up a little bit. And obviously you, you want to be very, very careful. But, you know, you know, going back to it, people are not going to make long term decisions now. So I think what we are going to see is a bit of certain types of pent-up demand. You know, home improvements are a good one if you're using homes, as you've mentioned, Donnie, beforehand. But I think what's going to happen is we had a little bit of a compression, right? Right. We had a couple of months where there wasn't transactions, and now people are being let out, right? Some people are going to be cautious and judicious. Some people are going to be like the beach parties that you've seen on the news, you know, some people not so much. And we want to make sure we're not switching into a trend. And I always like to be very, very careful when we talk about volume increases because what's our baseline, right? If business if business doubled or, or let's say, you know, let's say it's, it's the middle of January and it's five degrees out and say we have a record day, the temperature is double, it's 10 degrees, you're still not swimming. It's still freezing out. So, you guess I want to go with a little bit more of the harder numbers. I do think people believe in the region and both the city and the suburbs. I think you're going to maybe see people change some timelines because of this. Um, but ultimately, I think people, when they make strategic long-term decisions, in my opinion, they should not let a virus, which is something that will be resolved in months now. Is it a few months is it 18 months? You know, obviously no one's 100% yet once it's fully taken care of, but you don't let months dictate decades worth of planning. I think that's and, such good advice. I really do. And I know we're coming around in the news, but if you um, stick around to after our news, I put together, I, I did, uh, last night I just looked up all opinions from Fannie Mae, from economists, on what 2021 will look like. And again, as I said, there's no guarantee. It all depends on the virus. as But I'm going to give you what, right at this moment in time, the, the consensus of the majority of experts, what they're saying that 2021 will look like and how will the end of 2020 be. Uh, it's about- Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.